Hello, and welcome to Skincare Confidential, a podcast supporting the Science of Skincare Summit, which is an annual educational conference focused on the science behind skincare. My name is Dr. Ted Lane. I am a board certified dermatologist. I am the co founder, along with Dr. Patty Ferris, of the Science of Skincare Summit, and I'm also the co host of Skincare Confidential. Enough about me. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Dr. Rocio Rivera. Dr. Rivera leads La Mer, and immediately many of you may be saying, La Mer? Let me tell you, I have been privy to some of the science underlying the brand, the foundational science of La Mer, and you would be so amazed as to how much there is. So, uh, Dr. Rivera, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ted. Uh, it's a true pleasure to be here. Let me just double click on um, on that title. I lead product development for La Mer, which is an incredible role that I sit in. Uh, and it's really um, a humbling opportunity to be see- sitting here with you. So thank you so much for the invite. It's such a pleasure. Well, to me, Rocio, you lead La Mer. So let's leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about your journey because because just the, the personal side behind kind of where where you landed right now with Lemaire is really interesting in ter- interesting in terms of you know the subject of your PhD is interesting and what you studied. So can you start from the beginning and just walk us through for a few minutes your journey to get to leading product development at Lemaire? Well, thank you, uh, Ted. Can I call you Ted? Please. So you can call me Rocio. You're doing an excellent job on the TH, by the way. Thank you. Um, so thank you for asking. Um, I'm, you know, looking back at, at uh, how I landed at this incredible role at La Mer, um, I am, um, let's start on my academics. Um, I have a PhD in neuroscience and molecular biology uh, that I did in uh, Madrid, Spain, as you can probably tell by my accent. Um, I might be from, you know, I have an accent right there. So I'm from Spain, originally born and raised. And I've spent, um, I would say, half of my life uh, in Spain and half of my life here in the U.S. So I've had the honor and the pleasure to really enjoy both uh, worlds. And um, I came to the U.S. Uh, when I finished my Ph.D. studies in neuroscience and molecular biology. And I did a postdoc at NYU. Um, understanding the role of sensory neurons in locomotion uh, during embryonic stages. So basically, how do we get to from um, playing a song on a piano, coordinated movements, uh, all the way to having like high complex um, or very simple uh, movements such as walking uh, that we don't think about. Um, I'm very, very interested as well within the sensory neurons into the touch and sensation. So from NYU, I had a a wonderful opportunity to have a second postdoc at Columbia University, also here in New York, uh, where I deepened that knowledge into touch and sensation. Um, my PhD actually focused as well on sensory neurons, but on the pathways that go from your um, uh, spinal cord onto the brain. So basically, uh, how does that affect um, memory, long-term memory, short-term memory, and glutamate receptors? I'm an electrophysiologist by training, actually. And... Um, and that was the, the focus of my PhD, but the applications were what happens when there's a dysfunction in that short-term and long-term memory and the implications, for example, as uh, pathologies such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Um, I, beyond that academical background, which, you know, it just, it really is something on paper, to be frank, um, 
those things don't determine, um, frankly, where you end. Um, and I think this is something that I, you know, that I love, I would love to, to, to talk to you about in, in this podcast, because I come from a family of pharmacists and um, doctors um, back in Spain, nurses, so very strong um, scientific background. I grew up in the, my dad's pharmacy, my grandfather's pharmacy. Uh, my aunt has a pharmacy. My uncle has a pharmacy. They're family owned in Europe, specifically in Spain. So, so these were pharmacies, pharmacies in, in Spain. Spain, correct. And the pharmacies in Spain are very different than the pharmacies we have in America, right? That is correct. Um, the pharmacies in Spain are family are owned by a person, by an individual that has to be a pharmacist, and they're quite regulated. You, there's um, certain, there has to be a certain amount of distance between one and another. Uh, there, it's quite a process to uh, have a pharmacy, and you have to be a pharmacist. And so I grew up um, behind the scenes in um, of my father's, my grandfather's. Uh, pharmacy and my uncles and my aunts that were doctors, nurses, etc. And I was fascinated by um, science, but I have to admit that I had quite a, a strong um, fascination with the topicals. My grandfather would create um, uh, formulas magistrales, are called in Spanish. Uh, um, I call them potions to my daughter. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I call them potions. And he would, uh, they would um, create these topicals to heal skin. Um, and beyond that, as a little girl in that pharmacy, I felt my dad had a lot of, of course, commercial, you know, topicals, creams, you know, under eyes and creams and for lines, for wrinkles, for hydration, for all these. Um, so, so he would formulate all of those himself? He would, yes, he had to. Um, wow. mm -hmm. So he would like basically create them there and... I remember that the ones that really fascinated me were the ones he would not create for wrinkles or fine lines or acne. He would create for specific, you know, healing, uh, inflammation, eczema, atopic, pathological elements. Now, would he use natural ingredients? He would use exactly. So he would have his, um, you know, a plethora of ingredients right there and he would just mix them. It's part of his uh, the pharmacy training that they have to be able to do this. It's very niche and very unique, and I would say very um, sophisticated in like small villages, small yeah. rural areas. Um, that's my grandfather used to do those a lot, and it really th there was just something about that, but also the ones that he sold that were commercial. Uh, all those brands that we know are in the pharmacy um, that really worked on the maintenance of yeah. health. You know, I always right. say that that is the portion that once you overcome the pathology or the state of, you know, and you reach the, the, the healthy state, how do you maintain that? Um, I was too young to quite articulate that that way. It took me 45 years to be able to come to that conclusion. But for me, it's really that element of um, understanding our skin. It's a reflection of overall health and how that makes you feel. Um, it has quite an emotional component to it that really attracted me when I was young. So it's interesting because if, if you think about what you just told us, right, you've got this this neuroscience background where you talked about the sensory experience and how we perceive the sensory. And then you're talking about your earlier childhood where you really watched your, your grandfather formulate these products to help maintain what the pharmaceuticals have done. And you're combining those at La Mer because if, if anybody is out there has, has kind of felt or used a La Mer product, it is an experience and it's, it's an experiential product as much as it is effective. Mm -hmm. it, the, the fragrance that's involved, the touch of it, 
it's ultra luxury as it's priced. And certainly the experience reflects that. And I can see that in your background as well. Thank you. I'm, you know, I, I'm very grateful for my background. Um, I would say, you know, I was not quite aware at the time as to where would that land. I knew I did not want, there was elements of the pharmacy, of the healing, of uh, creating these formulas and also the impact it had on people. Um, how his patients would come back and say, what you gave me worked really well. Thank you so much. And how that makes you feel because the skin, again, is a reflection of overall health. It's the first thing that we see. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here, um, but it was really that connection that really uh, got me hooked to it. And that's where my role at La Mer truly kind of makes that huge synergy with the background, the academics, the, the research and the um, personal curiosity and what really drives me to, to push, you know, I'm, Every every job is uh, challenging. It, it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a stay home mom and you have you know, your kids to take care of, whether you're taking care of an elderly, whether you're going out and you know you're in construction, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a painter, whether you're a chef. There, I believe in in that passion inside. There's something that drives us, and if you can find that match, where your passion is involved in in what you just are naturally attracted to. I, I believe there's a match there that, you know, you get paid to do what you really would pay to do yourself. I have to say, I'm not saying some days are not challenging as they should uh, to yeah. grow, but um, it really is La Mer and the particular role that I mean, and the, the DNA of the brand, where the brand started, what we stand behind the science, the, the technologies and the innovation. And you said it yourself, the exquisite, textures, the craftsmanship is really something that has attracted me as a consumer um, myself for many, many years before I could even afford um, uh, being a, a devotee. That's how we call the mirror users, devotees. Um, and it really has, has, has come full circle, I have to admit. It's and well, it's really interesting also to think about your background in neuroscience, which doesn't necessarily lend, lend itself very well to skincare, one would think. And then how La Mer was started by, I can't remember, a nuclear chemist or nuclear physicist? I can't remember. An astrophysicist, you're right. An astrophysicist. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's been, um, you know, the journey of La Mer, and this is their, you know, I think you 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 came back and you've asked me before about, you know, my story and, and where things come back to. And I think there's a very important element when you kind of find your, your home and I, you know, for me, the, the, it goes back to, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, going on about life balance in terms of work and personal life. I have two children, um, I'm married and, um, but I have to say that my balance is, you know, my, my, my passion, my passion are my children. My passions are, you know, my, my family, my, you know, exercising, La Mer is part of my, fa my passion. And it's important to have that DNA and that synergy. So in this particular case, La Mer, as you said it yourself, um, you know, it stems from our founder, Dr. Max Huber. He was an astrophysicist and he um, had a, an accident in the lab when he was building one of these um, um, robotics and technologies for his um, for his research, um, and um, there was an explosion and he suffered some burns. And he looked to the ocean for healing energies to understand. Well, how can I heal? Nothing worked on him, 
And, you know, it is said that after 6,000 experiments and 12 years, um, he finally found a way to heal his uh, wounds. It stemmed from the um, binocular broth that I know you're very well aware of right now as a, as a dermatologist and also of creme. It all started in our brand with that particular iconic uh, creme that continues to be the exact same formula as Max created himself and the exact same broth that he created through fermentation. It's quite a process, as you know yourself as well, um, of three to four months. That perseverance, it starts with the ocean, uh, with the kelp, and then the fermentation process, three to four months, and then a tremendous process of craftsmanship uh, to create this formula goes um, still to this day, hand-filled, um, Every single batch is looked at by our team and the lab um, to ensure that it's at its peak of um, texture. Um, so there's, as a neuroscientist, and you said it yourself, the, the research, but also the, the extreme attention to detail. And nothing is ever good enough until it's perfect. I never so, been... So I'm just going to just uh, just to th- talk about that a little bit more. Let's lean into that because this is something that I learned recently as well. Each batch is, it's a very small batch that is made of the products. Each one is individually tested. If it doesn't meet criteria, it's thrown out and redone. Mm-hmm. You, as you said, the the kelp that is used is fermented in a very special way. It's only known to a, to a very few people in terms of how it's done, um, The it, which takes three to four months process. It is an artisanal process of making this cream. And so when people look at the price points, cer- certainly they're out of the reach of many. I-, I-, I don't discount that. But the price points also tend to reflect the artisanship that's reflect that's required to make these products as well. Um, and so I'd just like to, you know, I'm, uh, look, I'm certainly not advocating that everybody goes out there and needs to buy $500 creams, right? They're not for everybody. But understand that behind that $500 cream, not only is there incredible science behind it, but there's an artisanship that we may not see in some of the other products available. Thank you, um, Ted. Yes, that is um, right. It starts with, um, if you allow me to to rephrase or, you know, go back to that journey that you just described yourself, which you did that uh, terrific job. So it all starts with um, uh, giant sea kelp, giant sea kelp uh, out of um, the coast of uh, Vancouver Island. It's just one place in the world that we source from sustainably speaking, because these are um, um, waters that um, we have to, that belong to First Nations, and we have to renew our um, um, our contract with them once a year. We can only harvest the kelp between for th- three to four months, between the months of April all the way to the months of August, and the reason being is the temperature. This is uh, why this kelp, um, Dr. Huber himself used this kelp because it's one of the fastest growing organisms on earth. You cut um, the kelp that's floating on the surface. The next day it's grown about a meter and a half, about two feet. Um, and it has an incredible self-regenerating power. So Max looked at this uh, giant sea kelp for his particular experiments to create this broth. So we hand harvest, hand harvest just three little boats from April to um, August. And um, that, kelp is frozen immediately and shipped to our labs here in New York and a fermentation process starts. Really the kelp is the food of the microbiome that sits on that kelp. We don't wash the kelp when it comes out. It's uh, extremely rich. 
and um, it goes into a very lengthy process um, of fermentation. Fermentation is really to just create a new bioactive that would not exist otherwise in nature. Um, think of wine, for example, a very uh, well-known ferment, a wine out of uh, grapes. But let's think also of that analogy. You know, there's a reason why there's bottles that are, you know, available for $5. And there's a reason why some bottles are extremely expensive. It's the rarity, the craftsmanship, the person behind it, the, the history, etc. So um, with that process in place for three to four months, then we have the miracle broth. And this miracle broth, as you've seen yourself, has been shown um, to have um, um, a, a tremendous skin effects on inflammation, healing, and anti-aging properties. And um, this particular broth, once we create it, that's it, it goes into every single laminar product, not just the creme, into every single product. And you may or may not know, I think you know by now, but Lamer also has um, makeup. It also goes into the makeup. So every single product that we have has this particular um, ingredient and many, many others that have demonstrated not just in vivo, but also in vitro, um, its regenerative powers and its ability to uh, work on the skin for that agelessness that we defend at La Mer and working with your skin to be maintained healthy and as healthy as possible. Yeah. So, so thank you for that. That it, it's a great segue into the next subject, which is you came in to lead the product development not too long ago. If I remember, it's about 18 months. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Good yeah, memory. Okay. <laughs> so you came in with with a very strong scientific background. You had worked at other companies who had uh, which had been producing lots of data, and you came in with that background and and started looking at the research underlying these ingredients or the miracle broth in particular, but also the formulations, and realized that you were sitting on a gold mine. Yes, uh, and realized that. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but. From what I understood, just learning more about the brand and you, you realized that in order for this brand to be taken seriously within the dermatological community, you really needed to put the research front and center. And, and quite frankly, that wasn't hard to do because there was so much of it. You just had to get it out there. Uh, and so you and I and some others have worked just to, uh, in terms of you know which data is the most appropriate to be put into the public sphere, what else is needed in order to, to, to really kind of highlight the the uh, beneficial um, attributes of, of the formulations and the ingredient. I think more of that, lots more to come on that, which we're all excited about. But I think for the average dermatologist who's looking at this brand, where uh, you know, if, if a patient comes and says, look, I'm using the concentrate or I'm using the creme, and a lot of times before I knew much about La Mer, I, I would, it's not that I would discount and I certainly wouldn't want to switch somebody off of that, but I never really thought of it as an active. I always thought of it as a very expensive moisturizer and teach, teach his or her own. If you want to buy an expensive moisturizer, go for it. But uh, now learning more about it and, and with the more information that'll be coming, I think what you're going to do is transform the way we think about La Mer from an expensive moisturizer to an ultra prestige uh, line with a strong active that uh, certainly can uh, produce beneficial results in the skin in terms of anti-aging. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be the goal um, of this podcast is for those of you in the, in that are dermatologists or in the, in the community of skincare, when you look at these mm -hmm. ultra prestige brands, don't discount them because of their, their price, right? Don't, don't discount them because of where they're sold or, or the people that use them, because 
there, there can and probably is quite a bit of data to support them. And it just will take some time to understand that, I think. Would you agree, Rothio? Yes, thank you. Thank you for saying that. If I, if I go back to, to what you were saying about um, the data and, and where I started, I did start about um, 18 months ago, so really good memory there. I have been in the in the beauty industry for about after I finished my my two postdocs for about I would say ten years. I will share a secret with you. Um, so once I share, I don't think it's going to be a secret. Only a few people know this, but I'll just share with you. Um, even as a as a young PhD, now that I'm not young right now, but even younger PhD student, and um, I that's where I lay my eyes on Lamer. And the reason why I lay eyes on Lamer is because my PhD advisor Juan Lerma, who's a neuroscientist, one of the most uh, world-renowned neuroscientists there are. Um, he's uh, in Spain, and his wife uh, used Lamer. So when I joined his lab and as a as an electrophysiologist or, or electrophysiologist wannabe. Uh, these two uh, scientists who are extremely um, uh, successful and have quite an incredible research background, they both swore by Lamer. And I always saw Lamer as, a, as a, you know, an aspirational, and of course, if these two scientists were behind and they frankly, they have phenomenal skin, um, I thought, wow, you know, this is an incredible product and it has to, it has to be nice. When I moved to New York uh, with my um, husband from Spain to do my PhD, uh, my postdoc at NYU, I turned 30 and my husband chose to um, gift me for my 30th birthday a, a, a creme jar. And I remember that feeling of um, feeling like, oh, you know how it is, you, you, you become a PhD, then you, know, you go into your postdoc and you feel like, you know, there's just some and some graduation onto a little bit more of maturity, right? And it really felt very special. Um, and again, for my thirtieth birthday, that was his present. So it felt uh, I felt quite um, uh, special about that, and, and and a cream that really touched me. Then I moved on to the industry, and I looked at that at this particular brand and this particular company from afar, um, respecting uh, the competition and respecting consumers. And really um, uh, kind of like looking at the space of the beauty industry from the space of excitement. The more and the and the the more brands and, and you know in the skincare category, it's exciting. Consumers get excited and it really keeps us on our toes. Otherwise it's boring, mm-hmm. right? You really want to see different textures, you want to see different experiences. Um, in, in ever since COVID, we have seen that skincare has really, really um, exploded and consumers are really hungry also for very important um, new brands, but it's very important for us, especially at La Mer, to, um, and, and of course for you, to ensure that your patients, that consumers use products that are safe, even before they make anything on your epidermis, that they're safe to use. And, um, you know, when I joined this brand, I the first thing I wanted to see, because the brand frankly published but in the background very you know quiet in the background because the consumer it was just something that was not put in front in front of the consumer and i started seeing the amount of immense data uh, behind every single product the clinical te- testing 
the in vitro, the in vivo, the ex vivo uh, of Miracle Growth alone, of creme, of the concentrate, you've made it yourself. Um, we just launched a lifting farming serve massive amount of data on that. The moisturizing soft cream that we just relaunched uh, um, a year ago. The data behind is so, so extreme that I was shocked in a way. I frankly, the, the big smile to say, oh, wow, this is like you just uncovered, you said it yourself, a huge a diamond that, you know, needs to be shared. And this is where um, the experts come in, Dr. Um, Dr. Ling. It's you, it's the dermatology community, it's the scientists, the, um, and make it this available for our consumers. It's very important, and this is something that we've seen. Consumers now want to know. They're hungry for knowledge. They're hungry for knowledge and understanding the safety, the ingredients, the proof. Is this, what, what are these ingredients about? What is it going to do on my skin? Is it safe? And what is it, you know, what, what is the data? And so it quite made my, my new role very easy, joining this incredible team that you've met some of them, um, that are scientists themselves, that are have been with the brand for a long time, and really putting this in front of the experts. There's two people that consumers look at, um, and I think I've shared this with you, when it comes down to skincare. One is... They listen to family, friends and family recommendations um, or ratings and reviews. We all know we all go, like, even to go to a restaurant, we read about this. But for skincare, we really pay attention to ratings and reviews and your family recommendation. The second person that's the most influential when it comes down to skincare is the dermatologist, especially here in North America. And rightfully so. But we all know that the incidence of the amount of people that go to the derm, unfortunately, is really low. Uh, there's not enough of you in the U.S. There has to be more. Um, so it's really important to really um, put science forward to share with the community of experts, which sits with you um, in your community, Dr. Lane, and also the scientists, and share with our consumers. Share with them all these peer-reviewed scientific articles and all this data that we are putting forward. You know, there's a few things we didn't get to. We're running out of time, but I just wanted Already? to highlight yeah, I know. I know. It goes by quick. So I have met uh, Rocio's team, and they're all women. And I've met the the woman who who leads, who truly leads the brand, yes. the, the business lady that leads, the businesswoman who, re- the who leads brand the global brand president, Sandra Main. Yes, the you've met her in Singapore. brand president. Yes. I, I can get all these titles correct. So um, <laughs> it's truly, it is unbelievable because you have these brilliant women who are leading this brand. And by the way, the sales of La Mer is going to make people raise their brows in terms of the overall revenue because it is in the billions. It's in the billions across the world. And so you, you've got, you know, what I, I've met maybe five to seven people on your team. I'm sure there are many more, but in terms of your team, the product development team, all women, you've got a woman leading the brand. The head of you've marketing a, is a woman. The head of our R&D in, um, in New York and in Shanghai is a woman. I am blessed to be um, amongst um, the top talent in the industry. And yes. they happen to be women. They, all, they happen to be women, exactly. But when we're looking to, to really focus on diversity and, and equity and inclusion within skincare, look no further than this brand because what just the results that have been achieved have been unbelievable. And every one of the members that I've met of your team are top-notch. Yes. They're absolutely at the top of the game. I agree. And so I, I expect only amazing things moving forward with Lemaire. I, I am so excited to see what you come up with. And, and one other thing, I know we're running out of time, but one other thing. Every product that Lemaire makes is evergreen. 
they never pull a product from their line. It is going to stay there. So you can imagine how much time and attention and effort is put into each and every new product. You're not going to see them putting out, you know, two or three products every quarter. That's just that that doesn't speak to what their their ethos is. But um, just wanted to highlight some of that. I've just been science so impressed. Science takes and, time. Science takes time. Science takes time. Um, you know, look, the, the goal of Skincare Confidential is to give everybody a 360 degree view of, of the skincare world. And that means we're going to focus on the $10 brands, but we also need to focus on the, the ultra prestige brands like we are here today. And, and hopefully I've, I've opened some people's eyes to it. Not necessarily that everybody needs to run out and buy La Mer, right? That wasn't the goal here. I'm sure Rocio and, and her friends and her, and her group would love that. But um, <laughs> I think the, the goal here was to show that there are a lot of companies in this space doing amazing things in terms of producing data to support the use of their products. And we're here to highlight that. So thank you, Dr. Rivera, for your time. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It always goes by quickly when it's a good conversation like this. Uh, and this has been Skincare Confidential. If you like this episode, please press like, please share, subscribe, give us a five-star rating when you have a second, and thank you.